0: Tonight on we've to in America. Vivek Ramaswamy has electrified the race to be America's next president. He's just 38, he wants to be the youngest man ever to sit in the Oval Office. And his fans think he's got the gumption and pizzazz to do it. But how can he beat Donald Trump without criticizing Donald Trump? And with conflict raging in Israel, does he really have the experience to be leader of the free world? As I was waiting to interview you, I was looking at your tweets uh, today actually about Israel and it just seemed to me and correct me if I'm wrong but it seemed to me you'd suddenly decided uh, to take a much more direct and tough position and you said this now is the moment for Israel to return to its founding premise The Jewish state has an absolute right to exist, a divine gift, gifted to a divine nation, charged with a divine purpose. Israel has an absolute unequivocal right and responsibility to defend itself to the fullest, applying the only language its adversaries understand, the language of force. And what would David Ben-Gurion say? Don't depend on anyone else's fleeting sympathies or permission to do it. If Israel wants to destroy Hamas, Israel should go ahead and destroy Hamas. If Israel wants to destroy Hezbollah, Israel should go ahead and destroy Hezbollah. If Israel and Mossad want to pull off Munich 2.0 and take out every last leader of Hamas, whether they're hiding from Doha to Dresden and host a red wedding at the Four Seasons in Qatar, they should go ahead and do it. Now, when I read that, I was, I was a bit taken aback because your rhetoric about Israel, I would say, before all this, back in the summer, was not as strident as this.
1: Well, because well, I I mean, in the wake of an attack, what I'm saying is the I, principle I get is the same. It. <clears throat> the U.S should not be involved. Mm. But when the U.S. is not involved, I think that's Mm. better for the U.S., it's also better for Israel. But but here's
0: here's the question I'm gonna ask you. It it, it sounds to me like your support for Israel is they can do what the hell they like, Yes, but you want to be president of the United States, Mm -hmm. and there are many people in America, you know this, who are extremely concerned about the proportionate scale of the Israeli response already and it's only likely to get a lot worse before anything is resolved here. Is your support for them unconditional? Because it sounds like it is. My they support get, they can... for their
1: right to national self-existence mm. and self-defense, and carrying out whatever the heck they think is appropriate in response to mm. the attack submitted on them, yes, it is not our job to get involved in this in one direction or another. Historically,
0: it's been America's position in the world to be leader of the free world, to be almost the world's global policeman. and. It sounds to me, if you were to become president, what you're saying is any country can, in interests of its own self-defense, can do what the hell it likes, and you won't condemn it.
1: Is is there no limit to that? Well, look, I think that within the bounds of following international law, right, within the bounds of the legal framework that we all abide by, yes, it's not our job to be the global policeman. And and I think there's a lot to what you said there, Pierce, that's true, historically. Especially if you look at the last 25, 30, 40 years, Mm. that has been the role of the United States, is to try to play this role of global cop. Well, I'm running for president of the United States of America. And my job as the U.S. president is to look after American interests. That's a shift from the neoconservative view. It's a shift from the model of liberal hegemony. And I think part of this is because I come from a different generation that has seen the costs of six and a half trillion dollars of our national debt attributable to the wars in iraq and afghanistan that did not advance u.s interests thousands upon thousands of innocent lives sacrificed in those two wars alone yes i grew up into a generation where we saw that i reject that vision but that means we have to practice what we preach in all directions that means this is israel's right to defend itself they should be unconstrained and unrestrained the idf can i believe get its own job done for those who would call for u.s military involvement i say no my view to Iran is you stay out and we stay out, and that's something that will keep Iran out and we stay out of it as well. But that's a different view also than saying that then I'm somehow going to second guess what decisions Israel makes. No, Israel has a right to national self defense so you don't want to help them? Not militarily. Diplomatically, I do. We have $3.8 billion in aid that's going to Israel. I don't propose cutting that off. We've made that 10-year commitment for a reason. But I think actually, I'm not sure that that's exactly what Bibi would say. I mean, I would give you what Bibi's address to Congress was in 1996. It's also call out the unspoken truth here, Piers. One unspoken truth of those carrier groups going to the conflict area. Part of the reason they're there is also to keep, play big brother to Israel, to sort of say what Israel can and can't yeah, do. Be, you, so but, I say go sure. back to David Ben-Gurion's founding vision for Israel. That's what I would tell Bibi. I get that. You do what you need to okay. do.
0: Okay, but I would say to you, the reason actually those carriers have been sent in is because it is absolutely in America's national interest what happens now in this war because if things were to escalate, and just before I sat down with you, I saw a statement from the, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, extremely censorious, demanding an immediate ceasefire, saying that they think this, this could be a, a disaster for the region. You've got President Erdogan of Turkey calling Israel overtly war criminals now in a, at a rally in, in Turkey. This is really escalating fast. So, so I think we need to de-escalate it. and I don't think our military I'm gonna presence ca- there helps I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to how that may or may not transpire, but the idea that this is not relevant or pertinent to America's national interest is for the birds, isn't it?
1: Well, I'm not saying that it's not relevant or pertinent what's happening in the world. My question is, does our military engagement mm. help our national interest? The
0: United Nations uh, voted a motion for ceasefire in this war, the United States voted against that motion. The United Kingdom, my country, abstained. Where do you sit on that?
1: I think the United Nations has outlived its purpose. I personally think that we should have an open conversation about the US's continued involvement in the UN. I don't think that that should be a foregone conclusion. Really? So I want to be very clear about where I stand on this as someone running for US president. I'm not running for president of the UN, Mm. I mean, secretary general of the UN, whatever it is. I'm not running for president of Israel. I'm running for president of the United States of America. and my prism, and I think that this is gonna be the foundation of a future that will lead to greater peace in the United States, and I think around the world, is to be very candid that my decisions will be made through one filter. What advances the interests of the United States of America? And I don't believe that it advances the United States of America for us to assume the position of a shadow ICJ, an International Court of Justice, deciding what is or isn't proportionate from our armchair position in Washington, D.C., when we have problems of our own and threats of our own to deal with. And so my view is again, Pierce, this is part of the broken foreign policy establishment in both political parties. Once you've crossed that Rubicon, then, yes, you're committed to take but stances as, okay, on each of these questions.
0: Let me ask you this. As it's a, not
1: my job to adjudicate okay. this as the U.S. president. There are the injustices in this country to most of the American people. I mean, That's a massive departure. That would be that a, massive a massive departure. departure. And, and NATO? NATO? So NATO, I think, is, is a different conversation from the U.N. Hmm. I do think that there's a conversation first, a table stakes conversation with NATO, when you have a majority of its members still not meeting its minimum 2%. But an American of president
0: has to have a moral compass, too. I about, do. About... Whatever's going on anywhere in the world. Well,
1: I have a moral My compass. My question is this:
0: Right now, there are thousands of children. You're a father, two young kids. I'm a father of four kids. There are thousands of young children getting killed in Gaza, innocent Palestinian kids. Half the, half of Gaza are kids, women being blown to pieces, houses and whole areas being completely decimated. A million Gazans have had to move from the north to the south, out of their homes, which they will not be able to return to in most cases because they've been destroyed, and they're going to be destroyed. And I get that the purpose that Israel stated mission purpose is to get rid of Hamas, and I agree with them. But how they do that, the whole world is watching. And the other parts of the region, including Saudi Arabia, that are on the verge of a new accord with Israel are now recoiling at what they see as a disproportionate mm. response.
1: So, so I disagree so, with so some question, of that it, characterization. My, my
0: question, a long winding question, but yeah. my question is, On on a human level, with the moral compass required by an American president, do you not look at what's happening now in Gaza and slightly recoil at the scale of this and what it may become in the next days, weeks, potentially months? Do you not think think that a responsible American president wouldn't say to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, just hang on
1: here? So so if if I may... Pearson, mm. I appreciate you providing the backdrop for that question.
0: And I'm not giving you the answer.
1: No, I know you're not. I'm asking it. Yeah. And I, and I take it as a, as a question. Yeah. as a difficult question. It's a difficult answer. My, my first obligation in the way I've lived my life to this date is to my family, mm. to those two sons, those two boys we're raising. And then we go concentric circles to my nation. I'm a citizen of this nation, not some nebulous global citizen fighting climate change nebulously somewhere else. I'm a citizen of this nation. If I'm running to lead this nation as commander in chief, I do have a moral obligation. This is my moral compass speaking. My moral compass is to the United States of America. And once we have dealt with wage stagnation and a border crisis and the people who are suffering Mm. in this country, the people who are suffering for threats vulnerable to cyber attacks, super EMP attacks nuclear missile attacks from a Russia-China alliance that poses a great threat to the United States and our citizens today. Once we've dealt with that, then maybe we can get to hunger in the Congo after that. But But that's the order we need to go in. Yeah, but this sounds,
0: if you don't mind me saying, this sounds incredibly isolationist.
1: It's not isolationist. But I don't
0: think the number one superpower in the world can just ignore a moral compass elsewhere in
1: the world, particularly in countries which are your allies. I'm not saying don't get involved or not. I'm Mm. saying the question of whether or not we get involved is is decided through one prism, of whether it advances the American interest. And so there may be certain cases in which we do make the determination that that does advance the American interest. I'll give you one right now. Taiwan. Mm. If China were to invade Taiwan right now, Mm. I think it is the job of the US to affirmatively defend. Why? Because we depend on Taiwan for semiconductors that power our modern way of life. So you would, if you were president, you'd send troops in to defend Taiwan. I would defend Taiwan, and I'm not going to telegraph exactly which means. There are many. Why would you defend mean. Taiwan
0: militarily but not Israel?
1: Well, I think that right now we depend on those little semiconductors for our modern way of so life. Just purely financial. Israel also doesn't need it. But I think Israel, Israel, but Israel I think... provides a lot of stuff to America. Well, here's my point. It, each, and this is the whole point, Pierce. Is it's not some top-down. Cookie cutter analogizing. I analyze each situation. Isn't there a core principle? Israel is able to defend itself right now, and I think Israel will be better able to defend itself if we don't muddy the waters. Taiwan has no chance of defending itself. Your red line, you said to me, and it matters to the U.S.
0: Your red line, you said to me, was American interest.
1: It was if American
0: citizens got attacked.
1: We will hit you back ten times harder. Okay, but American citizens were attacked. So that's what makes this conflict difficult. Is Israel able to take care of that job? If American targets are hit as American targets, right, let's say they know they're hitting us on an American base, that's a direct hit on the United States. But if States Americans America.
0: get killed in Israel,
1: well, or get kidnapped uh, and taken uh, hostage by Hamas, we need to, we, well, right now- You don't see any imperative- I would prioritize getting those American hostages out. That is a top priority military? for I, It is a
0: top priority for me. But just to clarify, you yeah. would send American troops in to get the hostages? I would
1: not take an option off the table in a limited way to protect Americans. Right, but you said to protect to me, Americans. But, America First includes all Americans. But you did
0: say earlier that you would not want to send any American military into this situation.
1: I don't want U.S. military involvement in somebody else's war. You
0: just said that you'd send troops in to get the hostages. American hostages. Only the American hostages.
1: Special Forces targeted, at, but it,
0: it is what also- What are you gonna do, go in and say, are you American again, or Israel? But are paying
1: attention to the uh, negotiations I trust. There are very clear delineations that Hamas has drawn right now for releasing civilian hostages no, no, but, but, of other nations. But just to clarify, and so, and so, clarify yeah.
0: for this. I mean, you're not seriously suggesting that you would send in American troops down to
1: get hostages. Special forces or otherwise but, only, but
0: literally only get American hostages rather than, say, Israeli hostages.
1: The, the only condition under which we will have shown up there was because they hold American hostages. Right, But the, if, you, but but if again, we're there, we're going to do the best deal right, we can but, to, to, to advance but, but American interests, which includes releasing Israeli But I would hostages. say there's
0: inconsistency to what you've now been saying about this. Do you think at the moment they are acting in accordance with international law and the Geneva Convention?
1: Because many think they're breaking it. I believe there's no evidence to suggest that they're outside of that in the context of the laws of just engagement, in the context of what Hamas did. But
0: as said. the UN... Boss clumsily put it, this is not a new conflict. This has been going well, on for a long time. is it fair
1: that the Arab people, the descendants of Ishmael, have 20 some odd countries, yet none of them will take on the Palestinians, even as they nominally stand for them against the five I think fight that's a very good question. State. So I think these are questions that we should elevate in our capacity as citizens and as leaders, mm. diplomatically. And I think this may, hearing you, PEERS, mm. this may be actually, we, we might have a lot more common ground than mm. the last 10 minutes might suggest there's a role for diplomacy.
0: Was it diplomatic of you to say that if it was left to you, uh, you know, you'd see Israel putting up the heads of the top 100
1: Not that if it's left to me, if it's left to Israel and that's what they decide to do, yeah, I'm it perfectly okay but with But this that. is your idea, yeah. was that they put
0: the heads on stakes of the 100 top Hamas leaders. That's not diplomacy, is it? I and mean, that's going to be literally a pouring a bucket of fuel onto
1: a raging fire. Isn't I, it? I, I actually think that that might be far better, Pierce, as an alternative really? to a prolonged ground invasion with Gaza involving a bunch of civilians versus taking the top hundred leaders but isn't it of just a the terrorist can- organization vivek, isn't that this are just carrying out a is, form of genocide.
0: Isn't that the kind of medieval barbarism which they perpetrated on the people of Israel on October the 7th, which... I think there's one crucial the, difference. The
1: civilized world yeah, should seek to be above, should right? there's there's a real difference there, a fundamental sorry. difference. One is an armed militia doing mm. it against civilians mm. versus going after the perpetrators, and I specifically said the top 100 leaders of Hamas. And this is a fun conversation. It's interesting to me because I've actually just taken objections the other way, saying that that's far too limited in mm. scope, right? Just to say the top 100 leaders of Hamas well, why wouldn't we expand the scope of who we hold responsible so yes i do think that's diplomacy but barack obama actually.
0: never showed images of a dead osama bin laden he didn't feel that would be the right thing to do he felt that would be too inflammatory is my understanding
1: well so i'll say two Muslim things in world. response to that that's barack obama is not my arbiter of what counts as good diplomacy or not mm-hmm. and second is each situation is different i mean each situation is different about asking what is in the american self-interest so i'm not saying on the israel point i was very clear in my speech when i brought this up that is it said about three times that is israel's decision to make not ours and i think that that provides a level of yes moral clarity about who the leader of a nation owes an obligation to Mm -hmm. david ben-gurion had a vision for israel self-sufficiency makes its own decisions for its own security george washington in his farewell address in the united states of america had a vision for this nation, the lead founding father of our nation, that we look to the interests of our citizens without foreign entanglements. And I think if we're honest about that, I actually think that that opens up greater possibility for peace everywhere because both our allies and our adversaries can actually trust what we say. Red lines will actually be red lines because if they're crossed, it means it really violates the national self-interest. One of the other candidates
0: for President Ron DeSantis has said that the students who've been protesting across American campuses, um, very pro-Palestinian, a lot of Jewish students feeling very threatened by it. Some of these students actually beaming pro-Hamas imagery to the buildings at George Washington University and so on, that they should be taken out. uh, If they have visas, they should be revoked and so on. You've said you don't believe in that because of free speech. But again, is there no limit to that free speech? If people are actively, supporting and promoting a terror organization like Hamas. That's, isn't that hate speech, not free speech?
1: Well, to be clear, I am a ardent defender of the First Amendment. So and I agree so, with you. So the First Amendment does not protect against incite, actual incitement to violence, to say, hey, go kill that guy right there, do it now, shoot him. That's not protecting speech. What about speech. saying Hamas but, is but so, so in the US, the jurisprudence on this, I mean, the US mm. is very clear anything that is an expression of an opinion is protected so if you're expressing an opinion however heinous Mm. that opinion is protected by the first amendment all opinions are protected now my view is some of those are heinous opinions we're the country the united states of america who said the nazis could march in skokie illinois many people around the world would disagree with that but that's what makes america itself i disagree vehemently with those nazis but i will defend to the death, this country, in this country, the right of anybody to express their opinion. You'll
0: defend to the death the right of people to be
1: Nazis in America. Right, the right of people to express an opinion. Being a Nazi can involve more than that. right? If you're taking action based on that, no. Heck no. But if you want to...
0: But if you're promoting and supporting a, a, a Nazi ideology, why would you want to accept that in
1: America? I don't want to accept that. The way we defeat it... Why would you tolerate it? I don't tolerate it. We don't tolerate it through free more speech. You defeat it in the marketplace of ideas, and we're not tolerating it because think about what you're doing to somebody who has that nasty opinion and then tell them that they have to keep it to themselves you tell people they can't speak they scream but would you allow people if you tell to... people they can't scream that's when they take physical okay, action but so also, i don't want to see that
0: but would you be happy to see pro nazi no marches? i'm not happy
1: I'm, of course i'm not happy if you're happy president of the
0: united it. states you would allow it to happen nazi marches it,
1: I, i'll tell you something deeper Pierce. this is how it works in the united states it's not even my power to decide whether to allow it to happen the constitution and the supreme court has already long held that the expression of heinous opinions is part of the American constitutional life. To say that the government, no government actor, should ever decide which opinions can and cannot be expressed.
0: Let me read you a quote from Nikki Haley, one of your other uh, rivals to be president. She says, you want to go and defund Israel, you want to give Taiwan to China, you want to go and give Ukraine to Russia, under your watch you will make America less safe. Now we've discussed Israel, you've clarified your position on Taiwan and I think it's significant that you now said you would send in American
1: troops to defend Taiwan should China try and attack it I said we would militarily defend you'd send troops in military it depends on whether ground troops are actually what matter or not you could talk about destroyers you could talk about SSGns But other you would send American approaches. military in to defend the mi- Taiwan we would militarily defend Taiwan yes at least until we've achieved mm-hmm. semiconductor independence I mean that wasn't and I'm you- the only candidate who it, said it
0: but this well, brings well, me neatly in to in Ukraine yes which was invaded and attacked It's a sovereign, democratic country. It was attacked... Democratic with an asterisk.
1: No, no. Democratic. With an asterisk.
0: Well, it had a massive majority voted for democracy.
1: Well, much of the regions that are occupied haven't been represented in in Ukraine's parliament for nine years. Right. So, table stakes discussion there. But it is...
0: Okay. You can call it asterisk democracy. I'll say democracy. But it was attacked and invaded by Russia. Uh, And you originally, when you first tweeted about it, you were quite censorious about what Russia had done and pro-Ukraine. Your
1: rhetoric I wasn't changed. But I was but pro-Ukraine, but I found it offensive. I mean, I've said this at every step. Mm. Putin is a craven dictator. Mm. Okay, Putin is absolutely a craven dictator. Is, and he, a, is nation- he a war criminal? I don't know. I don't have enough information to suggest you he's a war know? criminal. The ICJ makes that judgment. Again, the US, gi- the U.S. president...
0: You don't think what he's done in Ukraine constitutes a war crime?
1: Based on what we've seen, a lot of it looks likely to meet the ICJ's test, but I don't think the U.S. Think president... It, makes, it meets
0: any test, not well, it? Well,
1: I think that a lot of people have committed war crimes then on that basis, yeah. right? So you can't just selectively single him out.
0: Well, illegally invading a sovereign country is, is, a, is a crime, isn't I've...
1: it? For us to get on the same page, is Putin an evil dictator? Yes, he is. Mm. Just because Putin is bad, does that mean Ukraine is good? No, it does not. Okay, this is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. Mm. This is a country that has consolidated all of its media into one state TV media arm. This is a country that celebrated a Nazi in its own ranks in front of the Canadian Parliament, Zelensky did. This is a country that's effectively threatening the U.S. not to hold its elections unless the U.S. forks over more money. And also against the backdrop, here, it's worth wondering why that initial incursion to Kyiv went nowhere, but Luhansk and Donetsk were easily captured without counter-resistance. Why? These are Russian-speaking regions. Many residents there don't even view themselves as part of Ukraine, they view themselves as part of Russia. And for the better part of the last decade, almost 10 years, they haven't even been represented in the ukrainian parliament well, there are large so we ways. have to measure that against the you give, you would give putin what he's taken right? i wouldn't give i wouldn't give him anything there's a deal what would you give him i wouldn't give him anything i would okay. give him a deal what's the deal he's going to take them well here's the deal he has to exit his military alliance with xi jinping mm-hmm. end the russia china military alliance that's the top threat that the u.s what's faces. the deal with the ukraine territory? and in return what we get is a hard commitment that nato will not admit ukraine to nato In truth, that's just keeping it. But what about the land he's taking? Well, this is the most important part, is the NATO hard, this is what matters most to Putin. Mm. There's other parts of this deal I can talk about on both sides. The Mm. most important element of each, and then I can go to the second most. The most important element is Russia exit its military alliance with China. We make a hard commitment that NATO not admit Ukraine to NATO, which by the way, Piers, that violates, we've systematically violated a commitment we made back in 1990. James Baker, the U.S. Secretary of State, made a commitment. Okay, to Gorbachev tell me about, on this deal. And then, and then here we'd freeze the current lines of control. What? Freeze the current you lines of control. You would give Putin everything I he's give stolen. Him anything. I would freeze the current lines of control. What do you mean, I mean? What does that mean? These are Russian-speaking regions that are occupied today. You
0: would literally give Putin what he's stolen. You Only, would give, you would give not, a guy. I'm just, not giving him anything. I'm giving just him just, a deal. What did you describe him as to it's me again? Conditioned. What did you call Putin?
1: He's an evil dictator. You give an so evil dictator.
0: So are countless others. Land he's stolen
1: by killing people. You would give him the land, Pierce. I'm not going to give him anything. I'm giving him a deal. You've just said you'd give him the whole. Is I'm that... not going to give him. Yes, your word, not mine. I would give him a deal. What I would you'd do hand it to. is no. We would require Russia to exit its military alliance with China. What threatens the United States of America? What message are you sending? The send Russian-China all right, all right, military you, you alliance.
0: Invade, you're president of the United States, and you say, "All right, uh, Vladimir. I know you invaded illegally." Uh, Sovereign democratic country, and they fought for it's their. It's not free- a democratic country. And they Ukraine for- is not
1: a democratic country, and they fought for Ukraine their. Ukraine is not a democratic country. I don't agree with you. I mean, look don't they, agree with look you. At what they're doing to the Ukrainian Orthodox let me Church finish, right now. Let me finish this, discuss- is this It's just a myth. Let though. me finish. But we're having a mythological conversation. Well, you don't think it is. Ukraine is not a democratic country. The people country. of Ukraine voted for a democracy the, in massive majority. Except numbers. for the ones that didn't vote, that happened to be in the regions occupied by Russia. But you
0: would give this area that they've stolen back to the Russians, right? So you're telling I would not. You're telling it would every, be You're telling every I would not do anything
1: other than we get what we want. You're telling
0: every Evil dictator in the world, you can go and invade any country you like, take whatever land you can in a bloody war for as long as Piers, you like what I find fascinating. And then eventually, I'll just
1: give it how to much, you. How many hours of your show, or minutes, or seconds have you dedicated to what Azerbaijan has done to mm-hmm. Armenia and Nagorno Karabakh on the different region on the other side of Caspian? Zero is probably the answer, just like every other me- major member of the media. Why? Because Ukraine has been as successful in selling this Pied Piper myth in the United yeah. States as Azerbaijan has. Yet what Azerbaijan just did in Nagorno-Karabakh over the same region, dating back to even September of this year, yeah. pin drop silence. So if you're going to apply that standard, you would be applying it far more broadly.
0: But applying your but standard as President of the United States seems my, quite... My
1: standard is stay out of them all. Because if you're in Ukraine for that reason, the United States would be in... Ten other conflicts right now. Mm. And so you're selectively applying it, if I may say, Pierce, not even to the best example you could make, because you know, Ukraine you know, is not a paragon you know, of democracy. In the old fashion,
0: but I remember in World War II when the Americans came in to help Britain finish off when the Pearl NAZIS.
1: When Pearl Harbor was hit. Yes. Better late than
0: never would be my response to that. Well, America should ITS self-interest. When America was attacked itself, then America did come into the war and did help Britain win it. That's g- correct. When America th- was hit, that happened. And thank
1: God they did. And I, I'm grateful that America and Europe should be grateful that we did, and now NATO can spend maybe 2% of its GDP on military spending, which it's still failing to do, so much for gratitude. So I, I would I, say On there, that
0: point, I agree with you, and I agree with Donald Trump, and he, yeah. he did the right thing. When he said NATO was obsolete, he meant the way the finances are not being paid by a lot of the member
1: countries. They're just not, a majority of them aren't.
0: Conspiracy theories. People think
1: you're a conspiracy theorist. Hmm. Are you? No, I'm a conspiracy realist. I believe in actually some of the most mundane so-called conspiracies have been obvious realities hiding in plain Do sight. you think the? Same? I mean, people said it was a conspiracy theory, by the way, when I said that. The uh, like many others, mm. the COVID pandemic originated in a lab in Wuhan. Right. Back when we we're supposed to buy this wet market, and it's and most likely it, it did, and most likely that it did. Mm. So I think but let me history ask you has it. taught us that many of things that we reject. Do you
0: believe the? I'm guided by fact. Do yeah. you believe the Sandy Hook massacre was a hoax? No. Do you think the the parents of those kids who died were actors? No. Okay. So why did you appear on Alex Jones's show? I learned from people that were on the inside what was going on. So I had a long education over the last 29 years. This has really been an education. Mm -hmm. And and so I just get deeper and deeper into my understanding of
1: how it all interconnects. What I'm hearing is the story of a journalist. Yes. A guy who's curious, records things, describes them, and, and, and shares them with people. Why would you invite someone like that onto your podcast? Who, give me some examples of people you've... Who, have isn't, you ever it called, talked, isn't it called Truth? Have you ever What's talked your podcast called? Truth. Truth. And so the you have all, to truth you have all, runs through
0: free speech and open debate. So you have the worst liar in America, a man who calls... See, I don't believe in creating no, on, obstacles fin- to, let let who me speaks, to who Let me finish my character assessment of Alex Jones, yeah. right? I didn't make a character assessment. I'm about a, to make one yeah. of him. Right, because as you know, he was found guilty in October 2022 of defaming the families of the Sandy Hook victims after years monetizing the lie that it was a hoax and the families of the dead were actors. He's been ordered to pay a collective $1.5 billion to the people who he so sickeningly defamed. And yet there's you, a guy who wants to be President of the United States,
1: inviting this guy. Saying that that was dead wrong. It was dead wrong. Now, my view, though, Pierce, is, and the whole premise of the podcast, all the people I've talked to Chris Christie there,
0: said when he heard you, you did that,
1: he said- I could care less for what Chris Christie has to but say. But he said that to, the to him was disqualifying the time. on its own. Well, I think it's disqualifying to anybody who believes that we have to preordain who we do and don't talk to.
0: Do you give platforms to just blatant conspiracy theorists to come on and talk about the truth. I
1: think that part of the reason is what's a conspiracy theory yesterday is a truth tomorrow. Did you challenge him about Sandy Hook? I did, and I told you what he said, actually. First, I, as far as I know, it's the first time I've heard it said. I think it was useful. He said it was wrong, he regretted mm. it. He made a mistake, mm. human beings have made mistakes. not the first time he said it, he said it to me. Well good, so, so what, mm. you platformed him? Yeah. Well interesting, Pierce. I platformed why, why him? would you do that?
0: Because I spent the entire interviewing <laughs> interview going after him about his wicked lies. See, Pierce, And I also had a mother of debate. one of the victims on, because I was on air at CNN. Open debate is good? When, when and that, I like you atrocity for that
1: I like you for that reason. But I think the American way is not to decide there's certain pariahs and people we don't talk to. Far left, far right. I mean, look, I went on the Young Turks podcast, something that a Republican presidential candidate doesn't do either. I practice what I preach. When a protester shows up to my, I was in Mm -hmm. Iowa, crazy protester just barges in in the back of the event. Security's taking her out. I said, bring her back, we'll give her the microphone. That's just how I roll. Mm -hmm. I believe it's the founding spirit of the United States of America that all ideas get expressed, and the way we defeat bad ideas is through free speech and open debate. And, And so... Unlike others, Piers, I practice no, what I with No, I, hate I preach you. I just think you've gotta,
0: again, you've got to have some limits.
1: I, do, I disagree with that. Well, then, with, with respect to the expression of opinions, violence is a limit, right? Mm. I mean, I don't stand for violence of any form. But Alex Jones's
0: lies did inspire people to commit acts of violence against these families. People turned up and threatened them. As an act of violence. So he literally inspired of a heinous, violence the, with his life. The,
1: the, the expression of a heinous opinion is different than not, and it was taken to the court system. We have, right. I mean, the court systems have handled this. That's different from saying that somebody should not be talked to by a fellow American. I just don't think that's the American way.
0: Let, let me talk to you about guns generally, because there was another horrible mass shooting yeah. in America in the last few days. 18 people killed. Um, I saw your tweet response and it was a very conventional republican response to mass shootings of which there are now so many you can almost hardly get over the one before before there's another one and it was all about mental health and this and this and that. the one thing you didn't I mean, is, it's really important topic. I know I know a, it's not like a mental health I, know, I mean this is a real we, fundamental topic many other States. countries have mental health problems just at the same level that america does the difference about america almost exclusively of anywhere in the world is that america has 400 million plus firearms in circulation. So when people are mentally unstable or sick, they have easy access to guns. And you didn't mention the word gun in your, in your statement. And I was curious,
1: why not? Do you not think
0: that guns play a part in gun massacres?
1: Well, obviously, guns, definitionally, per your you know, mm. question, somewhat tautological there, guns play a role in guns massacres. They don't play a role in massacres you think, of other kinds. Do you think
0: guns kill people?
1: I think people kill people using guns and using other instruments to do it.
0: I'm I'm curious, look, as as a a British citizen who has a home in America, I can go and get a semi-automatic rifle very easily tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm not even an American citizen. I just have to apply for a hunting license, give my American address, and I'll I'll get access to any firearms I want. I I can kick myself up like Rambo, right? Legally, legally. What I can't do in America is buy a Kinder Surprise chocolate egg. They're banned on safety grounds can
1: well I think you, that makes no sense you're a
0: very bright man I'm a medical can you and food choice me, absolutist can you explain to me why it's deemed more dangerous that I should have a chocolate egg with a little toy inside it that might choke people compared to an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle that could slaughter a lot of people in a very short period of time
1: so I am a pro-freedom person and so I'm not going to sit here and defend some other foolish restriction that the United States has mm. on a million things that I'm generally against But I can speak to the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is not about a technocratic judgment about maximizing or minimizing the number of people who were killed. The Second Amendment is about something else altogether. Mm. It's analogous to the discussion we just had about free speech, it's a different value judgment. Are there risks to allowing free speech? Yes, there are, but we bear those risks because that's who we are. Mm. That we trade that risk off to say that's how we preserve freedom when it comes to the First Amendment. The Second Amendment makes a similar value judgment. The purpose of the Second Amendment actually wasn't to allow people to have the freedom to hunt. That's not what it's about. Mm. It was about repelling and keeping a foreign, in that case, started British yep. monarchy yep. at bay. It's like mutually assured destruction in the Cold War. Both sides have nuclear weapons. Well, that's how you assure a stable peace. It's a mutually assured destruction relationship between the citizens and their government, between the governed and their government. Right. That's what this is about. Mm. And so why is the united states of america still for all of our imperfections 250 years into this ball game still the place that when you open the borders as sadly one administration has people don't go running out but they come running in why is it the country that still gives hope to the free world one of the reasons why is the bill of rights and the second amendment is the one amendment that gives teeth to all of the other amendments in that bill of rights So that's a value judgment we make The Second Amendment was not written with the question of what minimizes the number of deaths. Those are other policies.
0: You could arm yourself as part of a well-regulated militia and then over time, actually until the 80s uh, in America, it was considered by the Supreme Court to mean just that. And then as the NRA got more political and became less apolitical, and some hardcore Republicans got onto the uh, board of the NRA, they then put pressure on the Supreme Court, which they eventually were successful in doing, in reframing the interpretation of the second amendment to mean an individual right to bear arms. And what has happened- I think the history is a lot more complicated. But what has happened, and it may be a complete coincidence, but what has happened since that reframing of that interpretation is that the number of mass shootings in America
1: has begun to skyrocket. So I think that in the data that you cited, a lot of confounding variables, one of which is the rise of mental health crises in Mm -hmm. this country. Mm -hmm. You can look at data points over certain periods where before you really saw a rise in violence, you could see per capita gun ownership being about flat over the same period that you did see violence and killings rise. One of the biggest explanations is the shuttering of psychiatric hospitals in this country. I mean, you want to draw the lines of correlation. There are many ways to draw lines through a scatter plot. Over the same period that you saw the shuttering of psychiatric institutions, you saw almost a direct inverse correlation in the other direction in the rise of violent crime in this country.
0: Who wrote this after January 6th? It was a dark day for democracy. The loser of the last election refused to concede the race, claimed the election was stolen, raised hundreds of millions of dollars from loyal supporters, and is considering running for executive office again. I'm referring,
1: of course, to Donald Trump. I wrote those words in my book in the same juxtaposition to Stacey Abrams filling that gap. You stand gap. by them. So look, I think that here's you, what you went
0: on to say. Trump wh- delivered another tale of grievance. Yeah,
1: here's wh- no here's what no one likes I a
0: sore loser one of the worst victimhood complexes of all, said his claims about the election were weak. So here's my point. What he did was downright abhorrent. Do you you stand by
1: all that stuff you said about Trump on Mm. January 6th? The reason I have a different view today is that they have been going after him. So there's a time and place to say something, Mm. okay? I tend to not say what everybody else is saying at the time. Mm. And part of the reason is what needs to be said needs to be said when it's... Hard, not when it's easy. But
0: I think you were right to say it at the time. I said the same thing. I fell out with him over it well, at the so, time. So,
1: so I, would have, I would have done things very differently. Mm. I would have done things dramatically differently. And I will note to you, I'm running for president but in the same election he, as Trump. Just to be clear. But against the backdrop of him think, not being prosecuted you you for this, I think it's, I take the other side of this. To say you don't think he criminal. had the
0: election stolen, do you?
1: Well, I think that, to, you, tell, to tell you the truth, were the elections stolen, it was stolen in a different sense of the word. And, and we can go into this if you want. Big tech. Google and other search algorithms and the other. I think censorship that's a very interesting
0: point. I think that that's and that's I really actually, where the real issue as is. As I said to him when I interviewed him, I said, You're fighting the wrong stolen election claim. He yeah. said, What do you mean? I said, Well when the New York Post story exposing Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, that was the real issue. When that was that actually, would have changed the outcome. When that was basically vaporized by big tech yeah. to protect the Bidens and Rumsfeld And you election, and I both look
1: at the same polls. Those would have changed the result of the election. It could have changed. So there's evidence of a potential stolen election. That. So on that,
0: I kind of agree. Yeah, that's, that's just, what I've said all I along. Do, but that's not the position he takes.
1: Well, yeah, it's fine. And we are allowed to have different positions. My position also is the 2016 election was the real election that was decisively stolen from Trump, Trump. the one that he won. For sure, decisively, everyone agrees with it because he wasn't allowed to govern wait, with an impeachment court? How
0: are you going to be, he's, every time he gets indicted, I mean, it's yeah. quite it's an extraordinary situation. Every and I think time think these,
1: these politicized, if I just finish this, my no, thought, I mean, let me finish question.
0: indictments are wrong. Okay, but
1: all of them? I think all of them so far are wrong. His mother Teresa? I don't say his mother Teresa, but he's not a criminal. So nearly 100 criminal charges, they're all baseless. So the ones I've read, I mean, those are four indictments we're talking mm-hmm. about, and I read each one thoroughly. Okay. Okay. Each one Innocent is using, on all? Each one is using a novel legal theory. So, so even innocent assumes that the thing that's even being alleged do was Do you genuinely
0: believe he's innocent of everything
1: he's been charged with? I think we can talk through each one. And I yes, I believe the answer is innocent because the legal fiction of the charges themselves are made up interpretations of the law that have never been used in this country. How are you gonna beat him? By convincing voters that I have fresh legs, I am from a different generation, and we're in the middle of a war in this country, and I do believe that. We're in the middle of a war between those of us who love this country and our founding ideals. But Trump loves the country. And th- we're all on the same side of this war, right? We're all uh, mm. Trump, myself, etc. I even think many independents and some Democrats are on the side of mm. this war. Those of us who love this country and our founding ideals, and a fringe minority, and I do believe it's a fringe minority, who hate this country and our founding ideals. Mm. That's the real. I'm I mean, I of the whole. And so, how am I going to beat him? Yeah. How am I going to beat the rest of the Republican field? The question is, who is the right general to now lead us to victory in that war? Mm. Well, here's one of the tricks. Half the people on the other side of that war, Pierce. Are people younger than me who never learned those ideals in the first place we can bring them along too now we're talking about somebody who has not been wounded in that war i have fresh legs i am 38 years old five years older than thomas jefferson was when he wrote the declaration of independence but less than half the age of the other people who were running many of them so i believe i have an ability to take our america first agenda to the next level and honest god i would love trump as an advisor, as a mentor, telling me exactly where the bodies are buried in the administrative state or otherwise, to be able to go further. He rolled that log over, we saw what crawled out. You thought about him I'm as your potential in. VP? I've told him as a mentor, I don't think he would take the VP job, although I haven't asked him. I'll keep it on the list, but I think that it's highly unlikely that he would accept that Are you tempted to run, out? Tempted to run
0: out and commit a lot of crimes to get indictments to get your poll numbers up? I'm not, not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to wrap up very soon. I'll just do a few little quick ones And, 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 and the, the
1: truth is, though, Pierce, I just think it's really important that, again, you understand this, I think you understand this, I don't mean to be preachy, but there is a difference between making a bad judgment and committing a crime. Mm. And I think it is a danger to our liberty. I'm not saying he's we a start criminal. to conflate those oh, wait, I'm yeah. not saying he's a criminal. And have I'm you just read those indictments? It is like an extraordinary
0: state of affairs where someone can face that volume of criminal indictments yeah, and, I think and his ex- poll numbers keep going up. I mean, in England, <laughs> that candidate would be dead and buried
1: after the first barrage of them, right? I, I think However the, unfair I mean, they may that, be. That's on the politics of it. I think that the reality is the opposite here. Is the fact that all of these indictments are coming at the same time, right as he's running for yeah. office, using novel legal theories that have never been I prosecuted I think a lot. Before, I think a
0: lot of that has, has merit. Has to I do think, with the fact that he's running. I think they're overegging the souffle, as
1: yeah. I would say. The opposition. I think mean, they're they're just determined one way or another. Do you ever hang out with Trump? Do you ever talk to him? I've talked to him a few times. Yeah. When was the last time? Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. Probably like how long? Before the first debate, easily. Yeah.
0: Do you think he should debate? Is he being a bit gutless not getting on that stage?
1: I think as long as he's this far ahead, I kinda get it. But I hope that we have a chance to have open discourse in this race. But you know, it's like you're the NBA playoffs, the team that's, you know, number one by a stretch gets a bye. You know, we're about to have the third debate. I mean, I'm focused on making sure that I'm the clear second before i think you've I'm been the good. Listen, I
0: think you're a great energizing force in the race. I've said this to Thank you man. from the very start. I I've interviewed that. you <laughs> in much shorter context many times. But
1: We've sparred. We've had our fun. Yeah, at, but I like it. And yeah. also,
0: I think you, you get out there and you put yourself in the lion's den, which I respect. I Thank do you, respect man. it. And I have to say, we haven't really got into it, but all the woke madness stuff, yeah. you've been absolutely rock solid
1: on, and I completely agree with you. I appreciate you saying that. And th- the thing is, and this is also about me, is mm. related to one of the other questions you were asking. I wrote the book, Woke Inc., mm. back when it actually was a risk to write that book, Yes, though. you did. Now, the reason I, I don't, I mean, I, I share all the same beliefs, mm. but I don't talk about it as much because, yeah, I mean, any, any Tom, Dick, and Harry can go criticize Wokeness today, mm. right? It's the new popular right. thing you to do. You did write that It's book. almost what the cool kids are doing. Yeah. The people who are doing it today were the people who were you too saw, afraid to do it in 2020. I think
0: what I, I absolutely respect about you, you saw the dangers of it, and right. you saw that it was becoming under the guise of liberalism, it was becoming a new form of fascism. Mm -hmm. And I I think you served a valuable public service in blowing that lid up. And I I feel it's beginning to turn.
1: I I think it is too. The majority of people are just sick and tired of it. Well, I think think this election makes a big difference in that result, just in terms of not even the laws we pass, there's some element of that. But just the tone of national character that we set in the country. Because if you think about what allows, Mm. you know, wokeness or anything like it to, to fester, it's a deeper generational hunger for purpose and meaning, mm. and I think it's been a long time since we've had a president that has revived and spoken to our national character, and that's half the job. I mean, mm. if people grill on policies; that's just half the job. The other half of the job is, do you have an understanding of what our national character is, mm. and then can you actually bring it back?
0: Well, let me ask you about your. Character. And for young people, we're able to do that.
1: Let me ask you about your character very quickly. How, how rich are you? <laughs> varies by depending on the stock market, you know, uh, billion on a good day, and uh, you know maybe six hundred million on a bad day. But U- U.S. dollars. Yeah, a billion on a good day. Yeah, maybe a little more than on a good day. Yeah. Did you like being a billionaire? I don't particularly relish the title. I, I am not one of these people that that's been a life achievement of mine. I, I'm thrilled that this country allowed me to achieve everything that I have. I'm proud of my accomplishments. I don't apologize for success, but I also don't fetishize green pieces of paper. I think. Sometimes it's something that leads people to deep unhappiness and I've been around a lot of them and I'm careful to make sure I don't become one of them either. We, we try to live in a way that you know, maybe would reflect a fraction of that net worth in a way that actually, hopefully allows our family to avoid some of the traps that some of my wealthier friends have fallen into.
0: Your wife, Apova, I think is how she yeah. pronounces it? She said your two best qualities were
1: your joy and optimism. Is that what she said? That's nice of her. <laughs> what do you think of that? Is that, is that uh, true? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a naturally a very optimistic person. It's funny she says that because she's the person who experiences my crankiness the most at times, but, <laughs> but there's a joy and optimism in there. <laughs> On certain days, it's buried more deeply than others, when was, when was the moment you knew she was the one for you? We were hiking a mountain in, it was a Flat Top Mountain in Colorado. We were in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. And she was the one who was beating me all the way up the hiking trail. She had actually done Kilimanjaro not long before that. But we were, we were going pretty hardcore to the top. I had been there to the top before and I wanted to show it to her. And it was just the final maybe 300 feet, 200 feet to the, to the top. But there was a massive snowstorm that set in. And she's somebody who's made it to the tops of these mountains before. I said I was going to go. I wanted to, wanted to you know, make sure we saw that through. And she grabbed my hand and said, we're going to come back and do this sometime in the future, but we're gonna have a long future together. And we turned around and we made it all the way back down that mountain, and- And you knew. And here we are, yeah. How did you propose? I proposed, it was actually, uh, you know, the, the real story. I mean, it, the cake was baked long before I proposed. I think that we wanted to get to a place where both of our families were all there. Mm. <laughs> we knew we knew what the destination was gonna be. and. Uh, yeah, I've I not told the story before, but she she sort of said, "All right, all right." Like at this point, I don't really care about the ring or anything else. If you don't get on this, you might find me proposing to you, and let's just get this over with. <laughs> so I got a uh, so I was you know put the perfect ring plans to one side, and we got a little ring pop, and we did it in the streets of you New got York to City. What? A ring pop. What's that? It's like a little lollipop as a ring. It's like a big ruby. You gave
0: your wife a lollipop ring? She was thrilled
1: with it. And, You're and, a
0: billionaire, man.
1: What were you thinking? Yeah, I wasn't at the time, you know, was working my way up. <laughs> but uh, but we got her, her did, uh, you get, did you get at least go on her Her bend- red ruby ring to follow though, Did you go on bended died. knee? I did. Oh yeah, yeah. We, did. we went through the lollipop You whole went on thing. bended knee. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. With your lollipop did. ring. With with the lollipop ring, yeah. And it was in did... a nice case, though. It was in a very nice case. And
0: what is finally, what, what is the secret to,
1: to married life? Ooh. I think we um, practice, actually, is, is a good way to look at it. I think that if you look at every iteration as a round of practice, then that presumes that you're on the same page about the destination. You're just iterating and practicing to, to you know get to the, per, the version of perfection. And so it's never perfect, but it's about the pursuit of perfection. And romance? Are you a romantic guy? I. I Maybe on a good day,
0: yeah. What's I the most so. romantic thing you've ever done? I don't know what
1: I, I can't. I can't profess on my own self-romantic thing. I don't know. I feel like a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a guy who's gonna. pat I could think of some examples right now, but I'm not. Give it's me, not, give it's, me some, it's not the me, kind of thing that I want to. Give me a little uh, bone. You know, I a think. Romantic bone. I think that it was. Uh, Maybe one of our—I I don't know how Porva felt about it—but our, our Valentine's Day gift. She's she's a tough one to please because she's not really into uh, you know stuff. She's not a, she, she has stuff. She's not particularly into stuff. But I thought about what I could do that that was better than her, which are few and far between. But I gave her a tennis lesson, and we <laughs> actually and we actually and we actually went through it. And she's naturally an athletic person, but. We picked something up that we were then able to do together for a really? while. Really? Yeah. So I don't. It's a small thing. I don't know. No, but it's, actually, it's no a, big ceremony around no, it. No, I get that. Yeah.
0: It's a nice thing. Yeah. And she
1: and she loves it. She seemed to like it. Yeah. Who wins? I mean, I, I, it's the sport I've played since growing up. She's a better volleyball player. That's what she played. So you
0: basically up. got her to play something you knew you could beat her at. I had to pick something. I had to find something. Usually I mean, has me beat out. Is that on most basically things. your character in a nutshell?
1: You know, it's interesting. I'd have to do some some (laughs) Freudian introspection for that one. This might—that might have been the toughest gotcha of the whole interview. (laughs) The whole thing was leading to that. (laughs)
0: It's good to see you. It's good seeing you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Thank you, man.